ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the show. Paul George in studio. It's our first Linton edition of the show. Not mm-hmm. our first Linton edi- of the actual show, but this year, 2021. This year. You know, Deacon Adam Conk, yeah. Uncle Chad in studio today. Got a full studio. I guess we've been through like five Lints together on the Paul George we've show. We've had over how many shows? This, this is 159. Really? Yeah. Really? That's yeah. pretty crazy. So we're in the middle of Lent. Well, not in the middle. We're starting Lent. Had <laughs> Ash Wednesday. This is the first... <laughs> By the middle, Lent you mean show. right at the beginning. Yes, we are. <laughs> I always feel like I'm in the middle of Lent. My life is Well, we've been in Lent, Lent for like a year. Yes. Although, you know, I got to say, 2021, everything that people didn't like about 2020 is still here in 2021, plus Lent. a lot of things. So, yes. anyway, I think we're ready we're for just, Lent. Yeah, we've gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. Less complaining. Yeah, no, it's 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 been, you know, and I've said this in our shows in 2020, it's like nothing's... You know, this is all going to continue in 2021. So don't mm-hmm. think like in the calendar year, like like God's not like on the Roman calendar. He's not like, hey, I'm Roman. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it, it's just it is what what it is. And we're we're in the midst of life. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot like we I think last week's show Friday, we were like, hey, there's like some cold weather coming. You know, it's like a winter storm. We had no idea it would be what it what it's been in the south, mm-hmm. you know, where this crazy winter storm cut through texas and, and louisiana and a lot of people are suffering you know we, we've time. been through natural disasters hurricanes you know we're used to power outages we're used to you know a lot of recovery and regroup there is a huge difference in losing power post hurricane like i'm not talking about winds i'm talking about and it's hot because hurricane season is usually when it's hot um then f- losing power and it's freezing cold yeah dangerously Dangerously, like like people, people are dying, particularly, you know, homeless people or elderly people who are, you know, obviously in the cold weather. Um, It, uh, you know, people are, you know, really, we got to pray for folks because the recovery is long, but people have lost their lives. And, and, you know, it's important that that we, even though we're not experiencing the same suffering, that we learn how to live in solidarity with others in a sense of prayer giving sacrifice or whatever the case may be now louisiana got hit pretty hard as well but it's just crazy you know so um yeah all this controversy too about power i'm learning a lot about power and look i'm not talking about it um because i'm not an expert like electricity power solar energy if you've been following the whole thing about all this power going out like i'm learning a Mm. lot about you know (laughs) Um, our power grids. Well, there's a big fight right stuff. now between fossil and clean, and who's to Yeah, blame. there was a. Uh, yeah, so, I don't mean to use this as a. It's not a heavy scene, but there's a there's a guy working on nuclear fusion. Like nuclear fission was created the atom bomb, but nuclear fusion uh, has the potential to you know create unlimited clean energy. There's somebody working on that right now. Wow. I've been seeing. Well, I think it's but a it's good super idea. expensive. Yeah. So it's it's hard to hard to do, but. Well, yeah. welcome to the Linton edition. We've got a full studio. So, chat, do you have a uh, have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? For real, though. So, welcome to Lent. Okay. And Lenten edition imagine. of a Have You Seen yep. for this Friday. Every Lent, people travel in droves to McDonald's to get their filet fish on Fridays, you know? Maybe, maybe not. I never have. Actually, I'm not. 
doesn't sound good to me, but there are actually seven places this year that you can get your own fish sandwich. The fish sandwich craze of 2021. No kidding. No kidding, huh? Yep. So, um, McDonald's, of course, the the filet fish which uh, the description of the filet fish just says that it's made out of fish. It doesn't specify what type what of, kind fish, of fish, which part of the fish. Like, we get it from sustainable fisheries, or what do you, what do you call fish places? Fishery sounds Fishery good. Fishery sounds good. That yeah. works. Fish farms. Fish farms. So there's other uh, other uh, options. White Castle has one. And Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, which I think is the same place. Hmm. You know? Hmm. Isn't it? Kind of? Like Rallies and Checkers, the same place? Oh, right. Maybe like, so. like the same company. Same okay, company. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is the one that I'm excited about. So, well, there's a, there's a few others. So, I mean, there's Wendy's has one. They're like panko fish or whatever, Alaskan panko fish. But the one I'm most excited about is... We should get, is, like, like, sponsorship payments for mentoring all I know. These. I'm, well, yeah. That's what Chad's after. Restaurants. Always after that money. Right. If I mention them, maybe they'll, you know, they'll... Look, nothing against $3 billion. fish sandwiches, right? Like, if you got to roll in on a Friday and get a fish sandwich yeah. because it's Lent, like, I get it. But, like, there's really nothing worse than, like, a fish sandwich at a oh, fast food depressing. restaurant. Like, you it know, sounds depressing. It, it really is. But like when you're really hungry and you're fast and you're like, I'll just down one so oh, I don't yeah. get hangry, right? Right, exactly. And so Popeye's is going to have one this year. What? Yes. Okay, so for those folks who don't live in the South or do not do not have a Popeye's, which is a fried chicken place. You should know about Popeye's by now. You should know about the Popeye's. the chicken sandwich but, deal. You know, there's been a debate about the chicken sandwich right. versus... Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, and there's a great debate, and it continues, but it's really good. Okay, so... So Popeye's is the only one okay. offering a fried flounder sandwich. Ooh. So they're naming the fish. Oh, it is. Yeah, they're, you know they're not, fish. They're not saying this is a mystery fish. <laughs> <laughs> These are fishes. No, one <laughs> fish. It's not a bunch of cut-up fish right. match, mashed together to make a patty. And I'll be honest, it looks good. I bet, I bet a million dollars. <gasps> It tastes like chicken. Wow. Oh, <laughs> maybe so. No, I'm serious. I mean, maybe so. Maybe maybe uh, maybe if you're wrong, maybe if you're right, Popeyes can give us a million ad dollars. I'm in. I'm in. Deal. Right. Popeyes, well, Popeyes is a very Catholic place. I don't know if you've ever read it closely, but they're very pro papacy. It's Pope. Yes. Wow. Wow. Now they, right. they Popeyes <laughs> did start in New Orleans, yep. so it's a it's a Louisiana based restaurant. Now mm-hmm. it's all over the world, you know. But there are some places in the country that don't have Popeyes, you right. know, like they haven't have the sad places. Yeah, um, Popeyes tastes different too in different places. You know, right. I find that it's spicier over here, which is interesting because we're talking about feasting fried foods for Lent. But you know, anyway, on Fridays in Lent, it is a challenge. You know, particularly to find something that you know gets you through the day. You know? Well, and you failed to mention the every KC hall in the solar system. <laughs> the Knights of Columbus has a fish fry today. Yeah, right. So go to your, go to your uh, mm-hmm. local KC hall. Yeah. Whether you're on Mars. Well, this is a good promotion. I mean, we should get paid by Popeyes. To oh, for sure. I just well, you know it's just so hard to. Yeah, I don't want to go to McDonald's. I mean, Fridays in Lent are already you know you already have to do enough penance. And then you go get a, sorry, McDonald's, but I don't want a filet fish sandwich. Yeah, now look. That's it. For those of you guys who don't live in Louisiana, please do not feel sorry for us. Because Fridays <laughs> and Lent really aren't a sacrifice. We have the abundance of, of seafood. So if you're really wanting to fast and you live, 
you know, in an area like Louisiana where seafood is plentiful, right, and good, like it's not frozen, you know, it, the, and you're wanting to fast, like it's okay to like even fast from like good foods or whatever. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying like sometimes for us the sacrifice is actually thinking outside the box on fasting because we have an abundance of really good food, mm-hmm. uh, both land and sea, I should say, <laughs> right? Right. It's so, not really fasting if we do a big old crawfish boil. Well, particularly on Good Friday, and we'll get to oh, that yeah. probably later on in Lent. Like Good Friday is like Ash Wednesday. It's a, it's, it's a day of fasting, um, you know, for, for the whole day. It's not just from meat, you know, which, by the way, I, I had a fun birthday, which was on Ash Wednesday. So I got to celebrate Best my day birthday. To have a birthday. Yeah, <laughs> like fasting all day. And and the people are like, Well, what are you gonna do? Like, do you get a birthday exemption? I'm like, No, I do not. <laughs> the Pope did like, I'm not cheating Ash Wednesday. It comes around once a year, and so does my birthday. But you don't cheat Ash Wednesday because it's your birthday. You don't get an exemption. You know, I had to go all in on Ash Wednesday. You know, like mm. no meat, nothing in between meals, two small meals and a regular meal, right? Is that mm. the deal? Mm. Right. That's the deal. And yeah. I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and and you can go all in the next day, like that Thursday between the Ash Wednesday and Fridays and Lent. That's a good one. Yeah, so it's a good Thursday. Celebrated on Tuesday, Thursday, basically. So I had basically three days. Nice of my birthday. So you worked it out. I worked it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and remember, Catholics, um, the bare minimum is never the goal, right? So there are two days in Lent we're required to fast, and we abstain from meat every Friday. But that's not, like, the goal. The goal is to follow Jesus into your penances, and whatever he's asking you to do, you give him 100% of that, right? Like, that's the right. goal. And so for a lot of us, Jesus might be asking us to fast two days a week during Lent. Jesus might be asking us to avoid uh, any good foods that we like on Friday. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the Lord's calling you to do or, or whatever. But uh, there is a bare minimum, and that bare minimum is important, but that's not, like— the end all and be all like I did Lent well because I didn't eat meat today. Um, I did Lent well when I do what Jesus asked me to do. Right. When there's a plan. So if you're listening to the show, you're like, Oh no, I forgot it was Lent. Like I just woke up and realized it was Lent. It's, my bacon. It, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can always start and, and figure out what the Lord's asking you to do during the Lent to grow closer to him. Right. I always think that it's good to have a plan. Mm-hmm. I don't say overdo the plan to where you feel like you're constantly failing but it's good to have a plan. What is your plan for prayer? What is your plan for fasting, for almsgiving, for sacrifice? Like, what is your plan? And just have a plan in place so that even when you do fail at it, you just go back to it. Okay, so it's not about being successful as much as it is following it and getting back to it. So Lent is a r- really a calling for us to get back into relationship with Jesus. Like, if mm-hmm. you look at the reading for the Sunday, I, I love the Sunday gospel it's the first sunday gospel of lent right um you know post ash wednesday you know it's it's the first sunday and it's it's a simple gospel it's it's very very short um but it's right after jesus baptism so they have this just apex of a moment jesus goes to john the baptist and is baptized right in the river jordan he doesn't have to get baptized but he does he institutes this great sacrament of baptism he shows us an example of of being baptized and what we should be doing and what we should do, right? And then right after he's baptized, what happens? Where where does he go? The desert. He goes to the desert. It says the spirit 
So the Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. So the Spirit led Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days. This is where we get Lent, by the way. Hello. Um, And he was tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Like, if you could just, if we could just break that open, like, that's like, that's like so much right there, right? Mm. Like, like this is Lent we're experiencing. It's an actual, the Holy Spirit is pulling us into this immersion to grow closer to Jesus in Lent and the church, right? Like, this is a, this is a calling uh, for us to follow God in a deeper way. And Pope Francis reminded us on Ash Wednesday that Lent is about freedom from slavery, and the wilderness offers a freedom from whatever would bind you in the city. You know what I'm saying? So, like, leave Jerusalem to go to the desert to go back to Jerusalem. And obviously Jesus was always free. He's the most free of any of us. But he showed us a pattern to follow, you know, that we need to retreat from the world into the wilderness— God's wilderness, if you will, like relying completely on God, having the angels minister to us rather than, you know, McDonald's or or Super One or whatever. But like (laughs) all we have is God's sustenance to then go back into the world. And that's when he begins his public ministry to then go back. But you're now a free person in the world. You're not a bound person in the world. And Christians have to be free to fulfill their ministry. Christ gave us this pattern that we follow every year with the season of Lent. To, be, to, to get ready for Easter. What is Easter? Our role is to proclaim the resurrection as Christians, and we have to be free to do that. And so we have to shake loose during Lent all these things that bind us, and the place to do that is the wilderness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because it says he was tempted by Satan, so, so God allowed the temptation to happen, right? We know mm. that. And Jesus, being fully human yet fully divine, was tempted. So he, ex- he, he knows what it's like, and he experienced... Uh, what it's like to be tempted, to, to feel that human temptation, right? Which is what we feel. Like, we're, we're tempted. Satan, like, if you don't think or believe that Satan wants to tempt you and lead you into sin and destruction, you're crazy. Like, so that's your first, like, failure right there is, like, a denial that Satan exists because, you know, that's where he, he has mm-hmm. you. He's like, I, I, I don't exist. And you're like, yeah, you don't. And then he's just kind of slowly boiling the water on you. Jesus was tempted in the desert and says he was among wild beasts, right? I mean, I think about the world today. I think about life today. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm just in the wild, man. Like, (laughs) and I'm not saying so much like, hey, I'm I'm going camping and and there's bears and stuff. I'm talking about like, like literally like the world just feels like full of wild beasts. You know, mm-hmm. and Jesus experienced this. And yet in the midst of all that, the Spirit led him out there, and angels ministered to him during that time. Like the grace of God was with him to get him through. Because like you said, Adam, like right after that, those 40 days, Jesus' public ministry starts. It says this, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. It's the time of fulfillment. Like that, after the 40 days is, is you know, when Jesus began. So... God calls us into this time of Lent, not not to like enter into some ritual. God calls us into this time of Lent to like renew us, to reclaim us, to restore us. To you want another reword? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, rewind us. Uh, <laughs> rethink. <laughs> rethink us. Uh, help well, we us to rethink. rethink. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
which, which is kind of the word I wanted to come around as one of those those rewords is the word reclaim because I, mm-hmm. I think if there's a one word that I've that I've tried to come around approaching this lens is is this word reclaim. Well, I think it's important to point out about this gospel in particular because the other accounts don't put it this way, but this way it's put that the whole he was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. In other words, mm-hmm. it was God's will that Jesus would confront Satan in the wilderness. You can't reclaim something without a battle because the mm-hmm. reclaim in, implies that it was taken from me. Yeah. Right? I'm not claiming it for the first time. I'm reclaiming it. And someone took it. So it's an important aspect of our Christianity that we are in conflict with the devil. The devil is not just something around us where someday we might see him. We are intentionally reclaiming human souls for the kingdom of God from the devil who snatched them. Like this is this is what we do as Christians. And Lent is a time on purpose to go into battle with the devil to reclaim people, to reclaim ourselves, reclaim our family, reclaim our city. And if we do Lent right, then the battle which takes place in the wilderness of self-denial actually defeats Satan. You know, and if every year Christians go into battle intentionally to fight Satan and reclaim um, what belongs to God, then year after year we have a, a noble task to do, or not do because we're lazy and scared. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to unpack that. I got the the meaning of the word real reclaim. All right, we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. Thanks for listening in. Lots of good things happening uh, today. Got a full studio. Uncle Chad, Deacon Adam, Paul George. Thanks for listening in on the podcast, wherever you are, on, on the radio, Catholic Radio for Acadiana, KLFT. Feel free to share the show on the podcast or whatever. And I'm so glad you guys aren't here on the breaks because it just gets out of control. No good things so happening during the breaks. We are praying for everyone affected by the storms and, and the winter and uh, just full recovery. Um, just, yeah, just keeping everyone in prayer. Also, at the Bronco Raffle, you know, so if you haven't heard about that, go to broncoraffle.com and you can buy a ticket. A ticket or for two. a chance to win the 2021 Bronco Sport. Ford Bronco Sport. Yes. yes. They're not on the lots ever. I don't ever see, you know, they're, they're always sold out. And I've seen them around town a little bit. Here people and there. Buy well, they're brand new. They're back. This they're is like the, the remodel, which is what we're you know, kind of talking about for Lent. Remodeling, that's another one. Ooh. There's another read. But this is like the, the redo of the Bronco coming back. And so they're it's, not fully on the lots yet anyway. Like this is like a new thing. And mm-hmm. the ones that are coming on the lots are getting bought up immediately. So right. this is a great chance, you know. Yeah, when there's not an unlimited amount of tickets. So you have a really good shot of winning. You that's get true. your tickets. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. limited. Limited tickets. Yep. 
So the word reclaim for Lent, like that's kind of been a word that's popped out to me. And I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit because, you know, we can all admit, and, and if you can't, you're listening, you can't admit to this, then, then you have it all together. Okay. But we can all admit, like there comes a time and season and a day, uh, throughout our year that it's like, yeah, I need to be renewed. I like, I maybe sin or selfishness or certain things have creeped in habits, um, have creeped in. It's like, man, I, I need a restart. I got all the re's, right? <laughs> um, Ridiculous. A, a reboot. I, I need a, a redo. I need a, uh, like, you understand, mm. right? And, yep. you know, Lent comes around every year, right? Like, if it was just one time that we needed to be renewed in our life, like, God just would have instituted one Lent for us in our lifetime, right? But he knows very well the human heart and the human condition, that each year, throughout our year, like we need a time to reset. That's another one, by the way. Um, I don't know where this is. The Holy Spirit, just anointing the rewords. So the title of this show is going to be R E R E, right? So, so just to like own up and admit, like yes, like instead of fighting Lent, I can't believe it's Lent again. It's like really entering <laughs> in to the beauty of it, which is a, a calling for us to allow God to reclaim our hearts honestly, reclaim our minds, to, to reset us. Did I use that one already? Mm. Um, into this new life that he has for us. It's interesting that the word uh, reclaim comes from the Latin repetto, which means to uh, repeat. Mm. Like just this idea that, that we would, you know, go through this repetitive Lent again where, where God has an opportunity to reclaim our hearts again, Right. So just because it's been, you know, we've had a conversion before or some type of, you know, uh, awakening doesn't mean that God doesn't want or that we need to be reclaimed again, right? Mm. Um, this is what Lent is about, God reclaiming us. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's built into our ritual as Catholics, especially, you know, like we have uh, every seven days we have a time to rest. We go to Mass and God claims that day for us on every Sunday, you know? And so it's because we're for a forgetful people. Like we always, you know, we, we're quick to remember the things that were harmful to us or the things that um, damaged us in some way, but are very forgetful of the good things that God has given us, the things that we ought to be grateful for. And so Lent is perfect for that. I mean, even the Israelites, you know, that every seven years they would have to rest from planting crops so they can remember that God has given them what they have, you know, the given, the given them the gifts that they have, uh, and every, what was it, every 50 years, they would have to, the slaves would be freed, uh, any debts that were owed would be freed, so you can remember that God has given all this, that you are, you belong to God and not to your debt, not to your slavery or not to whatever it is, you know? It's like built into our ritual as Christians, as Catholics. And it's it's our mission to do this to the world. So don't forget, we've been claimed by God through holy baptism. Exactly. Okay, but we've been claimed so that God could claim the world through us. Even with Abraham, God didn't call Abraham for Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and I'm going to bless the whole world through you. So anytime God claims someone, Abraham, Moses, the people of Israel, Christ himself who founds the apostles, the last thing he tells them before he goes up to heaven, go out into the whole world, baptizing them, in other words, claiming them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the fact that we're claimed 
we are claimed so that God might claim all people. And the message of Lent is that we are renewed, we are reclaimed, but we're also sent out to claim, to do the battle, to, to get this thing done, like remind us of our mission um, to announce the gospel. Because that is the acclamation to a claim, to proclaim. Right. Like, and, that, and that's the Christian yeah. mission, you know. But before we can do that, we have to allow ourselves to be reclaimed by God. Right. And you're right, because I wanted to bring in this connection. You just did it. Is we're claimed at baptism. Like there's a there's a formal claiming mm-hmm. of, of our souls, of, of who we are. You know, we're created in the image and likeness of God. But at baptism, we're claimed as sons and daughters, divine filiation of Christ, right? And and throughout our life, we have to be reminded of that. There needs to be a remembering of that. And, you know, you were bringing up the Old Testament, Chad. And, and that if you read the Old Testament, oftentimes you'll read how God says, uh, let me help you remember, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we hear it even now. Do this in remembrance of me, this word remember, because God knows that we forget. What do we forget? We forget all the things. We forget who we are. We forget our mission. We forget that we're claimed by Christ. We forget um, our identity. We forget all all sorts of things, right? And God wants us to remember who we are, uh, who he claimed us to be, and what our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the world, right? So Lent is a total reclaiming of all the things that have already been claimed by God, right? Which we have. We've been claimed by God, and yet Lent is a time to, to be reminded of, of that, right? And to be reclaimed. It's interesting the definition of reclaim because I was looking it up. The first part of that definition in, in the verb form says to recall from wrong or improper conduct. Like, that's pretty appropriate for Lent, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the first part of being reclaimed is like, hey, raise your hand if you need to be recalled from wrong or improper conduct. That's what Lent's all about. Like this is why we fast is to is to start weed out these bad behaviors or thought processes or lack of virtue, right? Like to really say I, I want to grow in holiness. Like Lent is about becoming a saint. Like if we really want to get to the the heart of the matter, right? Mm-hmm. Do we feel like we're there? No, probably not. Like are we you know, but can we get back on track to doing that? So to recall from wrong or improper conduct. It's pretty good. Well, of course, Lent concludes with Easter, where we renew our baptismal vows. Uh-huh. So we may not look at Easter this way or Lent this way, but I mean, Lent began as a time to prepare people for baptism, and then everyone else started participating in that to renew their own baptism. So Lent is a 40-day preparation to renew your baptismal vows. Yeah. You've never thought about it that way. Like it's That's so important to us, our baptismal claiming that we belong mm-hmm. to God, and we need to renew that and turn from the wrong conduct that we've begun because we forgot who we are, that's so important that every year we prepare for 40 days to renew that commitment to live as Christians and to turn from any sin we may have allowed into our life in the past year. Right, which for you, someone who teaches RCIA consistently, right, the right of Christian initiation for adults, like you know that adults who go through RCA, you go through it Lent and you come into the church in Easter, they have a really, really good understanding of this whole, you know, like mm-hmm. reclaiming, like, and this process of, of walking towards their baptismal vows, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, for many people who have, who have been, you know, in the church for a long time, you, you just kind of don't even think about like what we're actually doing in Lent and Easter, 
but if you if you dig into it like it's got some some real deep meaning of renewal of reclaiming of of allowing God to reset our hearts for him the second part of the definition is to tame and subdue to reclaim to tame and subdue this is really you know self mastery in a sense of like allowing the grace of God to tame and subdue these habits or bad habits that get out of hand that grow into sin right Mm-hmm. You tame and subdue so that virtue can grow, so that you can overcome those things that that Satan can use to pull you out of relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and the way we do that is, I mean, Lent's perfect for that, right? I mean, we we fast you say and we no. abstain, right? Yeah, and we say I can have these good things, but I find myself, you know, addicted or attached or or relying too much on these good things, and and I don't have the proper understanding of them anymore. Like they're not, they're no longer a gift, but a thing I think I'm owed. And maybe it's, maybe it's time to remember and rededicate so and what, reclaim. And, and what happens, because a lot of times people think about like, you know, rededicate. That's a good one. Um, <clears throat> you know, when w- we often think about like fasting and stuff, people are like, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't know what that's for. It's like, think about this. Like the, there's just a room full of stuff and it's cluttered. And when, when we fast, we're able to like remove some of the clutter and feel like that there's more space in the room. Like it's, it's you know, it's like functioning well. Mm-hmm. Fasting is like removing the clutter and allowing God to have more room in our heart, right? Like this is what Lent's about. Like, let me remove the clutter. Let me remove sort of the, you know, the clog in the wheels. And, and over time of the 40 days, it, it's not like God's like, hey, Lent's a day, get your act together, right? Like he's like, no, it's a process. Like you're going to have time. And hopefully over the course of this Lent, when you get to Easter and you renew your baptismal promises and vows, that there's more space built in your heart for me, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's what this process, so when we fast, it's not just, hey, I'm giving up this. And, you know, it's actually a denial of that to carve out more space in your heart to love Jesus more. Well, again, Jesus gave us the model for this in the desert. We go into the desert with Jesus during Lent. And his three temptations are the same temptations the devil rails on us all the time. And Lent is a time for us to put our sissy Christian hat down and put on our brave Christian hat <laughs> and do battle with the devil in our life. Boom. And where are we going to find him? We're going to find him in the same temptations that he gave Jesus that are in our life. And one of them is for bread, right? Another is for power. Um, what was the other? Shoot. Oh, like... The, presumption. The, the temptations. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like presumption, right? I can do whatever I want because God's merciful and take care of me. I mean, we all do that. The way we talk to our wives and spouses and kids can be so presumptuous because we act like we can say whatever we want to people and God's not listening and won't won't uh you know punish us for these things. Right. We lose such control over ourselves because of these temptations. Mm-hmm. So where do we do battle with Satan for this and reclaim ourselves and be well, let God reclaim us? It's by deciding, you know what, I'm not going to eat as much. I'm not going to eat the things I want to eat. And I'm not going to talk as much. Because if I talk less, I'll gain some control. It's one of the hardest human activities is to talk less. Mm. But you should be talking less during Lent. We should all be talking less during Lent so that we measure (laughs) our words better and that God can reclaim those words because we can be very presumptuous in our words and our actions. But do battle with the devil during Lent. That's one of the things we do. So reclaim, the word repetto in Latin, repeat, okay to recall from wrong or improper conduct, okay, uh, to tame and subdue, 
right? So, so this idea of repentance and now fasting, right? So that we can tame those things that have taken over our desires, right? And it says to, to rescue us from an un, undesirable state, right? So like if there's any place in your life, you're like, man, I just feel trapped. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know where to go. Like, like God's not here. Like Lent is about this, this exodus, like it's 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 seeing Exodus for what it is, right, Chad? Like you had mentioned mm-hmm. mentioned that, like believing that God can set set us free, just like He did the Israelites out of Exodus, right? Mm-hmm. And and whatever that may be in your life, and so we got to believe that that God can do that for us over Lent, um, that can really set us free. And then it says this to restore to a previous natural state. And this is where you went, Adam, with the renewal of our vows at Easter. It's it; those are real. It's not just words. Like we're we're renewing those vows to restore us to a previous natural state of our previous beauty, where stain has sent us, and yet uh, sin has stained us. What did I say? Sin has stain has sent us. I like that. Send it. Stain has sent us. I like. That. I love it. Sin has stained us, and it over Lent, like we're. You know we're we're cleansed, you know, and we're renewed to our natural state of baptism. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it's it's reversed the most, you know, because Jesus gets baptized and then heads into the wilderness, you know, and we head into the wilderness and then get baptized, or at least remember our, our baptismal vows, you know. Well, we're already baptized. We are, but and but then the we RCA candidates, right? You know, they head into the wilderness first, and then. Right. I wonder why that is. That's a good question. I, mean, I think part of it is to show us, again, he's modeling for us. He didn't need to be baptized. Right. He didn't need to go in the desert to find the devil. You know, right. Jesus, from his conception, knew exactly where the devil was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and he knew where he was going to meet him on the cross. So, like, there was no need for him to go to the wilderness for himself. He models for us not only baptism, but like you said, Adam, he actually models for us engagement in the battle. Right, which is for every Christian, right? So mm-hmm. once I'm baptized, I don't give up. Right. And by that, I mean the battle with the devil in my own soul. You know, baptism mm-hmm. is not the end of the Christian journey or battle in this life, but it's really the beginning because now I battle with Christ. Before baptism, you know, I met a lot of folks that were not baptized that wanted to be and helped them journey to that moment. I hear about their life and, you know, they, they battle. They battle with things. Um, they battle with life. They battle with anxiety. They battle with depression. They battle with suffering. But now they're going to battle with Christ in their soul. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're not going to deal with those things anymore because we're baptized, but we're going to battle with the Lord who battles with us, who's in the desert with us. And that's the thing. It was a model for us, but it's also a place where we can meet Jesus. Because in the desert, he knew me, and he knew you, and he knew our struggles, and he knew our temptations. And so he was thinking about them in his temptation, in his struggle, in his desert experience. So when I go to that place in my life, Jesus is there with me to reclaim me. I don't have to reclaim myself. I think mm-hmm. the the biggest thing crippling Christianity today and the church today is people who aren't engaging in the battle. You know, and when Jesus speaks about in the New Testament obviously about being lukewarm, right? We know that uh, uh, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth, right? Like I think what he's saying is like lukewarmness is you've just chosen not to engage in in the battle. Right? Like you're gonna take some licks. You're gonna you're gonna take some licks, and that's the whole point. But to not engage in the battle, like that's the that's the worst thing that we can do, right? It's like just sit on the sidelines. And uh I remember this this one kid like on one of my teams, 
he uh, he was on the team, and I remember we were ahead in a game, and I remember going to him. I was like, dude, you get to go in, man. Like, this is exciting. Like, you've gone through all the practices, and, you know, you, you're dressing out. You get the uniform on. Like, you've been through all this work. Like, now you get to go in and play in the game. He's like, nah, I don't want to. Uh-huh. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, nah, I just like, I like just being a, on the sideline, you know, in the uniform. Like, I just like being a part of the team. I was like, <laughs> dude, that's like, that's like the worst thing, you know? Like, I... Like if you could never get on the field just because you they never put you in, that's one thing. But like to have the choice and to not go in, like like what? Like this mm-hmm. is baptism. Like baptism is like you're on the team and you belong on the field. Right. Right. It's your it's it's then it's your choice to not go out on the field and not engage in the battle. So when we read this reading, I think it is important, and you mentioned it, is not only is Jesus model baptism but he models engaging in the spiritual battle yeah one of the things that i think people struggle with too is i mean maybe they're not engaging often because they feel like they've already lost the battle and i think that sometimes people confuse sin with temptation as if like temptation is sinful but we see jesus battling with temptation which i mean and jesus never sinned so obviously you know like jesus was allowed to be tempted the temptation is not Jesus. Jesus is not his temptation. And I think we've all, I mean, myself included, definitely have thought things that we regret or, or, you know, been tempted to do things that are, we would never say out loud, you sure. know? Right. And we think that we're bad because of those things. Cause we think those things or we imagine those things or whatever, you know what I mean? And I think it's a confusion for some people, especially as they, you know, they head into Lent and they think it's impossible because I'm tempted this way or I have these inclinations yeah. to ever get over that or to, to be a good person or to battle. You know, the goal is denying temptation. Like, like that's, that's the goal, defeated. right? Like, and, and sin is when we don't deny those temptations and, and we, we do them. And if you're listening and you're, you are like laying on the battleground and you feel beat up and you have totally, you know, just immersed into sin in your life, it's okay. Like God can reclaim you and rescue you. It does not matter what you've done or how far you've gone, right? And so, you know, like if you can't get up yourself, allow God to pick you up. Allow others to to pick you up and dust you off and bring you in. The worst thing that you can do in this moment is to think that you don't deserve God's love. And his mm-hmm. mercy and his forgiveness, right? That's what Satan wants you to do. That's the temptation. He wants you to believe that you should just lay down and die spiritually, that you have no hope in your life and in your heart, like mm-hmm. to, to be renewed or remade. That's that's devastating. Yeah, and the, and the truth is what God said to Jesus right before he went into the wilderness, that like he, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, is like the same thing he says to us at our baptism whether we're, even if we're later on laying down battered and bruised, right. that truth is still there, that we, um, we've we been claimed for him, that we are his beloved son, his beloved daughter, and that he's well-pleased with us, like well-pleased in who we are. Well, what pleases him about his son is has nothing to do with what the son has done, even eternally. Mm-hmm. So we think about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everything who the son is in his personality, in his Godhead, Godship, he receives from the Father. There's nothing of the Son that the Son has done himself. 
That's just part of what it means to be son. Yet, how pleased is God the Father with the Son, right? So one of the temptations is that we have to somehow please God with our own contribution. You know, like I have to be a certain way, do a certain thing, come up with some kind of way that I'm going to get his attention and please him in a way that he maybe surprises him. I don't know. It's pretty simple. If I let God be my father, then I'm pleasing him because he's providing me with my life. I don't have to come up with it myself, you know? And that's the hardest battle is just, just let yourself be a child of the father and let live the life he wants you to live. So let me ask you a question. You have eight kids. Yeah. Okay. Do you love them all the same? Not like love. Answer the question. No. I mean, I love them all the same, like, Level. intensity. Yeah, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay, yeah. you love them all the same intensity. Yes. Right? So, <laughs> so you don't, and do you love them more, with more intensity, if they do better? Do you love them less when they do wrong? No. No, right? So what I'm getting at is the point that you're actually making, is this, that we don't earn the Father's love. God loves us just because we're his sons and daughters. Like there's there's no more intensity of love. Like God's love didn't grow for his son when he came out of the desert and God was like, Oh, you did it. <laughs> you made it through. I love you so much more. Right? Like, no. Like it was his love was intensely the same, you know, a hundred percent, all in. And that's how he is with us. Is no matter how good or bad we do, God's love for us is intensely the same there is an interesting phenomenon with parents that 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 is true but our attention often goes towards the ones that need us the most right Mm -hmm. and so when we need god more need his mercy more for example we actually draw his attention to us and this is the power that of sin that the devil hates is that when we are brokenhearted uh, on our own sin or other sins, when we feel defeated and despairing, we've actually drawn God's attention more in the sense that there's more grace abounding. This is what St. Paul talks about. Where sin abounds, grace abounds Abounds more. more. Not that we should be sinning more so God's grace. It's just we get his attention because we're hurting, because we need him, we need his mercy, and there's a certain grace available. And that is what Lent is all about, is it's a time of grace for those things we need God's attention, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's reclaiming. It's all so present to us, and it's a powerful moment of grace uh, to change, to convert, and to get that attention. And it's a beautiful thing that God offers us this season. You know? Yeah, the, you know the saying, this squeaky wheel gets the oil? Mm-hmm. Well, it should. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we hear that saying in, in a bad context. It's like, you know, there's that one squeaky person in your staff or team that gets all the attention because they're they're high maintenance or they have issues, you know, and it could have a negative term, but the term itself, the squeaky wheel gets the oil is like, yeah, it probably should get oil (laughs) because it doesn't, it shouldn't squeak anymore, you know? And Mm -hmm. so like we're limping into Lent and where are the squeaky parts of our life? Like what's squeaking where God's grace, as Adam's saying, needs to like, you know, Put some Earl on there, right? And get that, that squeak out and spray it with WD-40 so like like we could be rolling, man, on all cylinders. Like we come out of Easter and, and we do have a sense of mission. And we're going to talk about this over the course of Lent is, yes, we come out of the desert with a sense of mission. 
right? The spiritual battle's preparing us for that. We're learning how to fight. We're learning how to right. deal with temptation. And le- we're learning how to like get up, get off the sidelines, pick ourselves up, find teammates, dust ourselves off, get in the spiritual battle, because this is what it's all about. Like it, it doesn't end. And God wants to reclaim us and reteach us that. This line, all right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. Feel free to share the show. Go to discovertheotherliving.com and find the show podcast on Google Play, iTunes, whatever the case may be. And everyone listening in Acadiana, KLFT Radio, appreciate it. It wouldn't, well, anyway, we can't go without the show without mentioning pretty cool saint this Sunday that we celebrate the feast of. And it's kind of perfect that this guy falls in Lent. I don't know if it, no, it's feast day or the day we celebrate or whatever. Do you call it a feast day? Not necessarily like a solemnity, like feast. Well, its like, official title uh, during Lent would be a commemoration. Commemoration. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I don't know if it's it's the day he died. No feast during Lent, but there's, there's no, solemnities. There's no um, optional memorials. Okay. They're called commemorations. Cute. Anyway, <laughs> he, he 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 does fall in Lent, which I think is just just the day that he died. Like we celebrate, you know. But he's a pretty big big one. You know? <laughs> well, big one for change and conversion, and, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly, yeah. and reclaiming and reforming the church. Yeah, which when we talk about Lent, it's all like, hey, personal reconversion and conversion, and, and like reclaiming. It's like, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And in that, like when people are following Jesus, the church will become alive, right? But even in turn, like the church needs to go through Lent itself because the the church is is human run by humans Mm -hmm. and and it needs to and this is a guy i don't know if you remember maybe i'm wrong but when we sing the litany of saints he's often in there (laughs) anyway (laughs) is he not no i don't think so but he could be you can add saint peter damien whoever you want there right saint peter damien i I have heard him sung in the litany i think it's beautiful Especially because he's known for challenging clergy dysfunction. I mean, that's kind of like his jam, um, which is not a popular thing to do no. if you want to be a popular saint. You know, like, for right. example, St. Thomas Aquinas, oh, everybody loves him, all the priests. You know, it's like yeah. such a theologian and holy man. Yes, and he is, and you should love St. Thomas Aquinas. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a saint that is famous for challenging priests, he's less popular amongst the priests. Well, <laughs> so St. Peter Damien was around, the, the you know, the 1,000 mark. You know, so the church had been around and alive for a thousand years, in a sense, and you know, human fault had crept in. You know, and mm-hmm. as always, you know, there, there's corruption. But it wasn't like he was like on this, you know, ladder to climb, you know, up into the ranks of the church. Mm-hmm. He had a conversion and became a monk, 
and lived in like a, they would live in huts with like two monks, you know, and just pray. And he prayed so much that uh, he actually developed insomnia. He couldn't sleep because he for, his body basically forgot how to sleep. And so then he had to like relearn how to like take care of himself, like, and have balance in prayer and fasting. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but basically like the Pope found out about him and would seek him out for like advice on like, you know, the church and like the, the healthiness of the clergy and the church to the point where eventually, and Adam, you're always good at saints. So jump in, you know, anytime you have information <laughs> on St. Peter, no, Damien, doing great, man. is uh, he, he appointed him a cardinal. And, you know, he didn't necessarily want to be, but, but he felt the calling to renew the church, like to help clean up the dysfunction in the church, particularly, as you said, amongst the clergy. Well, the good news about God's will for us is that it is a surprise to us often, right? The journey of Lent and the wilderness of Lent, that experience, this willingness to go there with God, to let God fix what is broken in us and in the church, will lead to a public ministry that maybe you weren't expecting, right? So the the toughness and the grit and the formation you get in the desert, when you go into the public ministry from there like Jesus did— it could be a, a big surprise, and it could God could be asking a lot of you um, that you didn't know was related. And so when you're you know when you're a monk and all you care about is your past sins, and you're just thinking about that, and you're just trying to be holy, and you maybe go a little overboard. You're learning temperance, you're learning all these things. You're not thinking one day I'm going to help reform the clergy of the church, and that a thousand years later people are going to look to me as a patron for clergy reformation. You're not thinking any of that. Um, and so for a lot of us, you know, our Lent, it, it's good to remember it's not about us. Right? Like, God doesn't, well, He does care about us, but He doesn't care to make us the best version of ourselves. He cares to make us saints that change the church and the world, like every one of us. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of Lent is not just that I can have a self help program to lose a little weight or become a better person or whatever. The purpose of Lent is that I'm being prepared to do something amazing the rest of the year. Right. Like, God's going to send me to do amazing things. And I have to be ready and formed and prepared. It's a boot camp to get in there. And so St. Peter Damien is a great example of when we take that seriously, take Reformation seriously. Reformation. Um, All right. It's reformation. reformation. Yeah. Yeah. Take dealing with our past sins and the willingness to confront sin in the church. Seriously, God can use us to do a lot of good. Now, his story doesn't end with his martyrdom, but a lot of times it does. Even when you get the good ear of the Pope or people in leadership. I mean, think about John the Baptist. Herod liked to listen to him speak too, like mm. to hear his advice. But there was one day where that wasn't welcome anymore. And that <laughs> history is a long history in the church where when we are willing to call out sin and confront it after confronting our own sin, we're not going to be the most popular people. And so St. Peter Damien took that big risk um, and he, he left us a legacy I think we could in, imitate. So he died February 22nd. Um, 1072. So we sell, you know, we commemorate on on that day. It just happens to fall during Lent, which I think is cool. So uh, Saint Pope Stephen the Ninth made him a cardinal bishop. Uh, it says this: he worked hard to wipe out simony, which is the buying of church offices, mm-hmm. and encouraged his priests to observe celibacy. That's a good idea. And <laughs> and he says this: he urged even diocesan clergy to live together and maintain a schedule of prayer and religious observance. To, so like to live in this the communal life, which is, I think, so 
cool revolutionary and, and needed. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a great idea. It's like, oh no, it's a re-revolution of, you know, he he wished to restore primitive discipline among religious and priests, uh, warning against needless travel, violations of poverty, and too comfortable living. <laughs> he even wrote to the bishops complaining that the canons um, there sat down. They they were, uh, you know. He helped develop a lot of the the singing of the divine office and stuff like that. Mm. He's a doctor of the church. Yeah, man, um, I wish we could bush him for book him for a parish mission this bush life, him, you know? bush him, delightful. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it, it brings to mind something too. You I mean you talk about the squeaky wheel, but maybe maybe Lent then is just maybe the goal of Lent sometimes is just to quiet the noise enough to hear the squeaky wheel, so we can that's, that's deal with it. Do. You know what I mean, dude? If okay, <clears throat> here's a thought. If <laughs> If a saint could come back and do you a parish mission, who would you pick? Well, today I'd pick Peter Damien because I mean, how cool would that be? Him. Like, if if a guy would be like, "Okay, I'll send one," sure, and a saint would show up <sighs> and do your like Lenten mission. How crazy would that be? <laughs> Paul's excited about. I'm this. Peter Damien. <laughs> That's how he would talk. That would be intense, man. Like that would be. Well, it's funny how that kind of thing goes because you could have a crowd that loves it and then a crowd that wants to kill that person. Oh, yeah. Right, but happens. they're already dead. So, I mean, yeah, they're already dead. I do think... That's like, the if, fun it, thing about a holy person preaching a if mission. If some of the, <laughs> our, the past like, like radical saints came back and did a parish mission today or preached today, people would want to kill them. There would be people in the culture be like, you got to get rid of this guy or this girl. Mm-hmm. Like, they're crazy. Well, there'd be non-Catholics that do, but there'd be a lot of Catholics that would want to... Yeah, shun, shun him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with collars on. Too. I would have to think about who would do parish mission, like who I would pick. I think martyrs are good qualifiers. You know, they went down, went down strong. Hmm. I don't know. Like Tell me Stephen. a story. Well, there are a lot of saints who made their like their ministry was parish missions. You know, like that's what they did. They just went around preaching, preaching. all over. Yeah. Like Saint Bernard of Clairvaux convinced all these people to join the Crusades just by preaching a mission. Um, he just went. Uh, across Europe preaching missions. That's what he did. That was his job. And um, apparently pretty good at it. Yeah. So maybe him. You know, I think of, you know, like of all the missions I've been to or talks that I've heard, and like there's one that sticks out. Like there's one that, and I forget most of them. You know, you forget most speakers. And for, for someone like me who's given like parish missions, no one remembers me, right? Like um, <laughs> there's one that I remember. Father Jacques Philippe gave a parish mission. And like I can't forget it. Like I, mm-hmm. it was just like there was something – intensely holy about what he said you know Mm -hmm. um it wasn't some fame it wasn't he was very humble like nothing like it was just there was something you know anointing about it that i still remember it today so anyway take advantage you know if you listen take advantage of you know parish mission whether you have to go online or in person whatever the case may be in your area but just let that be a part of being renewed reclaimed re 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 well, and remember that. Remember that your family, your friends, your coworkers—they need you to speak with that same kind of anointing yep. when you speak. They need you to act with that same amount of holiness. Lent is about getting your act together, getting my act together, to commit ourselves to that and let God use us that way, so that come Easter and the rest of the year, we actually have a relationship with Jesus, and we're not just at the whims of our passions and our desires and whatever else. Like we have enough self-control that we've made a gift to Jesus of ourselves so that we can speak Christ's words because people need to hear them. People are dying 
spiritually because they don't hear the word of God and we are the ones sent to preach it. And so Lent is a time to take that seriously and get formed for it. Amen. All right. Great show, guys. Uh, thanks for everything. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to the show. And we'll be back next week. God bless.